Love brings out our best and our beast. Love has been given so many names and so much of the blame for our human highs and our humbling lows. I think it's odd how we find it hard to evenly define what we all find such a big thing in our lives, a thing like love. If we could all share a universal definition of what love is, might we get better at sharing love itself? Could it be that when we're all using the same word, love, we're thinking and feeling so many different things about what love is, and that's making love more difficult? What if we could universally agree that love, that many-splendored thing, is not necessarily a many-splintered thing? And that there's really just one thing that love universally is, but we're going to have to get through like 15 others first. So here we go. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. And it's time for another unbuckled, bumpy ride with your guide, the stark raving lunatic himself. I'm Jim. Let's jump right in again. Welcome to my podcast based on my brand new book, available on Amazon, Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N. It's a year-long guide to gratitude and our daily grind. The book that combines some timeless wisdom from a whole lot of the world's wiser people with the reflections, reactions, and wisecracks of the guide's author, me. And it guides you, the reader, through the simplest system for a happy, healthy, authentic, and genuinely grateful everyday experience. I urge you to get the book. Of course I do. I wrote it. It's either at Amazon or at my website, amperage.com, A-M-M-P-U-R-A-G-E. But even without it, let's make next week better than last, our next year better than the past, and get started now with today's episode of... What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Your words mean something more, or something like that. I don't know, I get words and song lyrics confused sometimes, you know. That's one reason I, I look a lot of stuff up, you know, when I do these podcasts. You know, my lean thing, I get to learn that way. Learn first, learn, earn, add to the world, navigate what's next. So words, I look them up. So in looking up synonyms for love, I found countless words in the online dictionary and the thesaurus and every other written resource in the world. But I never found the specific ones that I was searching for the ones that I wanted. See, I knew that there were just over like a dozen or so, 15 specifically, as a matter of fact, that I really wanted the world's wisdom to help me find. And no matter where in the world I looked, I found hundreds that all felt like love, but not the ones that moved me. That's what I was looking for. See, one of the words that the world pawned off on me was passion. And so I thought, well, hey, Maybe that's where I'd look, because passion, that sounds like it could move me. <laughs> and I found countless number of words that felt intense. Still, they didn't move me. Moving on. I forgot where I was heading with all this. Sometimes I forget stuff. 
Sometimes I forget what I forgot. I forget what I didn't know. You know what I mean? You ever do this? I forget how I thought one thing was something other than something different. It gets a little gray and hazy. Like words, phrases, song lyrics. You know, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Right next to, there's a bathroom on the right. You know the ones I'm talking about, right? Well, I'd forgotten that I once thought that Christ took a walk through the Rose Garden. I used to actually think that it was called the Via de la Rosa. What am I talking about? That long, painful walk that Jesus took along the road to Calvary. I used to call it the Via de la Rosa, which literally means the way of the rose. Nah, that's not it. Okay, it's the Via Dolorosa. That's one word, Dolorosa, meaning the way of suffering, the path of pain. <laughs> yeah, so why does that even matter? Well, I was saying and thinking one thing that was really, although it sounded similar, it was the wrong name, and therefore, it was the wrong meaning. We just had Easter, so that's where this is all coming from. And all religiosity aside, historically, this Jesus of Nazareth was tried for a crime, convicted, sentenced to death by crucifixion, and after being beaten, he was made to carry his own instrument of death, his own cross, along something called the Via Dolorosa, which meant the path of pain. But I used to say De La Rosa, which means of the rose. So yeah, I painted his trek to death as a literal walk in the garden. Now, I'm not Catholic. My wife and her family are. And they've enlightened me to the 15 stations of the cross, where, as the story goes, there were 15 stations that around Easter they recognize and revere what happened at each station. There's 15 of them. Interesting, because I know there are also, in the book of Corinthians, 15, coincidence, different expressions and descriptives to clearly paint a picture of how to recognize and characterize love. You know, love is patient, love is kind, etc., etc. Hmm, yeah, just a coincidence, right? <laughs> no, not in my book. Well, technically it's not my book, it's everyone's book. But it is the book with two different examples of how love is 15 different things, and yet really, really it's only one thing. So what does Jim mean by this? All right, so happy belated Easter. Like I said, I wasn't raised Catholic, but there's two key things that Catholics recognize around Easter, the 15 stations of the cross, and, excuse the pun, it's crossover known as the Passion of Christ. Hmm, there's that word again. I wonder if what they meant was love instead of passion. There are 15 stations of the cross, and coincidentally, we'll address that coincidence later, there are the 15 descriptions of love from the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians. And all 15 are actually actions. All the stations represent an action that someone took or did or happened. And all 15 ways of recognizing love are originally described with verbs, action words. All the ways of describing love in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul did not use the descriptive adjectives that we use today. No, Paul used 15 verbs, words of action, to describe love. So per Paul, love is not a state of feeling something that describes us. No, love is the embodiment and demonstrated outcome of actions. And where we cannot always control our feelings, we are always in control of our actions. Choosing to or not to and being called to or not to act a specific way 
That's our acts of love. That's our stations in life. And that whole passion walk that Christ took when the world said, Hey, Jesus, I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. It's funny that they're called the stations of the cross, as all of them involve an act, a movement, an action verb. See, the series of the stations is as follows. One, Jesus is condemned to death. Condemned, that's an action. He is made to bear his cross. That's number two. He falls the first time. That's number three. Number four, he meets his mother. In number five, Simon of Cyrene is made to bear the cross. In number six, Veronica wipes Jesus' face. In number seven, Christ falls the second time. Number eight, the women of Jerusalem weep over Jesus. In number nine, he falls a third time. In the tenth one, he is stripped of his garments. He is next in eleven nailed to the cross. He dies on the cross in number twelve. In number thirteen, he's taken down from the cross. In number fourteen, he is placed in the sepulcher. And in fifteen, he's resurrected. Interesting how the term station can be just a noun or an adjective describing a specific place or location, but it can also be a verb. To station oneself there, like a guard or a sentry, it's an act, it's a verb, it's a choice, and it's a choice to take your station, like Jesus did. A choice to see love as an active thing in an active way. Okay, also kind of like Jesus did. What was the first one? Looking back at Corinthians, according to the Apostle Paul, love is patient. Love doesn't rush. Love is willing to wait. Next one, love is kind. Kindness is not sitting in a meadow petting a little lamb. It's about looking out for the interests of others above our own. Next one, love does not envy. Jealousy, envy, it's being selfish. Love celebrates other blessings instead of envying. Next, love does not boast. Love doesn't have to tell everyone about how great your life is. So love may be kind of hard to find on Facebook's highlight reels. Love is not proud. Love doesn't push to the front of the line. Love looks out for the needs of others. Love is not rude. Love makes a point to not offend people unnecessarily, you know. Love is not easily angered. Loving people give grace because you know what? They've been given grace, or at least they hope to receive it. Love keeps no record of wrong. Loving people don't dredge up old hurts and old grudges and drag them through the sludge. Love rejoices with the truth. Loving people are happy when truth wins and they do not enjoy any type of evil. Love protects. Loving people protect those who cannot protect themselves. One of my favorite prayers lately is not to expect God to protect me, to protect us from all the world's wrongs. But I ask, please protect us where we cannot protect ourselves and to provide to us what and where we can protect for ourselves. Love yourself and try to protect yourself. And don't forget that you are worth protecting. Love also trusts. Listen, no trust, no love. Interesting that financially a trust, a trust is a three-party financial agreement where one party, the trustor, gives a second party, the trustee, the ability to hold valuable assets or property for a third party, the beneficiary. Hmm. Requires trust for there to be love and requires three parties for there to be a trust. Three parties. Wonder who they are, huh? You? That other person? God? Could be. Next, love hopes. 
Loving people have hope for others. They wish the best for people. Next, love always perseveres. Honestly, it's like that third time that Jesus fell. Love doesn't give up. Loving people don't run away when it gets hard. They are there for the long haul. Remember when Jesus fell three times? Well, you ever heard of the three knockdown rule in boxing? In many boxing federations, you get knocked down three times, you're out. You get your mouthpiece knocked out three times, you're out. It's done. The three knockdown rule didn't work with Jesus. And finally, love never fails. Love's always going to win out in the end, y'all. Apostle Paul doesn't merely explain what love looks like or feels like or how to recognize it when you feel it. No, he specifically states what love does. And as we study Apostle Paul's description, it's clear he's not talking about a warm feeling, but rather a conscious decision to love, to love other people no matter what. Think about those active descriptives, those, those things that he said, love is this, love is that. From patient and kind all the way three, all the way, all the way to perseveres and never fails. Think about it. Radio time. When was the last time you heard some hip-hop top 40 pop song singing in a breathy voice? I crave you for you to behave in a way that you be patient and kind. I need, I need, I need you, my dear, to never fail to persevere. Oh yeah, that's some kind of sexy love there. No, that's not what Paul was talking about. What Paul describes is actually known as agape love. It's using a series of 15 verbs. Our English translations later on change some of the verbs to adjectives. But in the original Greek, as written and as intended by the writer, they're all verbs, all words of action. And that's hugely significant. The love Paul is talking about is not primarily something you feel, but something that you do. We may not always be able to control our feelings, but we can control our actions and even to some extent, our motivations. Agape love, as I mentioned, is something that you choose to do or not to do, and it is valuable enough that we should measure our entire life by it. Love acts patiently. Love acts kindly. Love never quits, and love never loses, because no matter the outcome, living life in a way that loves like that, loves like it's an act, Love's like it's an action, some place that we guard and that we station ourselves to, loving like that, love in this way, that is what's meant to be universally embraced. One meaning, that love itself is the prize. The point here is that love does not exist without action and that the passion of Christ's Via Dolorosa was not a passion of feeling at all, but an action, an act of love. Every act is a choice, our choice. He chose love. He made love an action word. So should we? So should we. And now more words of wisdom to wow your socks off from the Live Life Lean Guide itself. Today's entry, from page number three, what the expert said. So in everything, do to others as you'd have done to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus Christ. And what your guide heard? The average person looks at their own reflection up to 19 times each day. Work instead to see the reality of others as much as or more than we gaze at ourselves.
What do you think about this? Using the Live Life Lean system, what have you learned today? What have you earned recently that wasn't just easily handed to you? Where are you adding to the world tomorrow? It's not just about you. Now reflect on all of that, respect it, pray and be grateful for it. But before you navigate someplace next, please like, subscribe, and share this to show you care. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your copy of the Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N guide. Enjoying it almost as much as I did creating it. And if you don't have a copy yet, go on over to Ampurage.com or Amazon and get started today experiencing the amazing power of knowing every day is literally yours to be grateful about. And you need never feel unfulfilled again. I'm Jim Hall. And until next time, good health, God bless. And now, go get a little dirty learning something new. Earning what's not given to you. Adding to this crazy world that we share and navigating your way to something new and next.